Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to the Headliner Radio podcast. Today I'm joined by Grammy-nominated producer and mix engineer Damien Lewis, who has worked with the likes of Rihanna, Katy Perry, Janelle Monae and many more. Damien, how's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, you're so welcome. It's, uh, it's great to have you on the show. Um, how are things over there at the moment? Um, you currently live in LA, don't you? But you're originally from Detroit, am I right? Yeah, exactly. Um, born and raised in Detroit and moved to Atlanta pretty shortly thereafter. Okay. Um, kind of spent my formative years in music there, uh, working for a great mentor and mix engineer named Phil Tan. Mm. Um, worked for him for a number of years and I've been out in LA, uh, probably about the last eight years or so. So, okay. Um, Everything's going great out here, honestly. Uh, that's the strange flip side of a lot of this COVID-related um, business is that for certain people, it's been really, really good. And, you know, th- besides all the terrible things that have been going on in our country and around the world, actually for music, um, for those of us that are not touring musicians, like studio guys, it's actually been really, really busy. Um, there's this strange kind of anomaly happening which will probably never again happen where everybody's in LA right now. Nobody's on tour. Right. Right. Now that some of the restrictions have been lifted, everybody's dying to get into the studio. So, um, it's been absolutely gangbusters actually ever, ever since this has happened. Um, you know, I think I got a whole album to mix like pretty much the day lockdown happened and it's been on ever since then. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky to stay working during all this. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, obviously, um, like you say, people are struggling at the moment, you know, not being able to get out on the road. And uh, yeah, it's great that you've been uh, been keeping busy. It's awesome. Yeah, so hopefully there's some good that comes out of this for a lot of the road musicians too and a lot of the personnel and crew and stuff that have, you know, lost work because of this. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, now, now this I love. Um, your father was actually a rock and roll engineer as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Which you're kind of... Yeah carrying on his legacy which is quite nice you know he worked with a lot of legendary bands um and you know you must have grown up listening to a lot of fantastic music i did um you know it was it was the detroit rock and roll era so i was, I was born in the early 80s and my dad worked for a lot of uh detroit rock and roll bands like Foghat and blue oyster called and mitch Ryder and, and mm. those guys and even uh their little bar band that they had when the guys weren't on the road, it was this amazing band of all pros that would just take bar gigs just to pay the rent, you know, nothing's changed really. <laughs> so, uh, I did grow up around those guys. And when the band was in town, like when Foghat was in town, they dropped me off at school on the tour bus. And I think I introduced my first grade teacher to Neil Diamond. She <laughs> may or may not have been backstage. Cause I remember seeing a signed eight by 10 to her on her desk the next day at school. Oh. So, yeah. Amazing. Didn't have, to, didn't have to learn much that year. Um, <laughs> Had an easy ride, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, um, in that respect, my, my musical upbringing in Detroit was super cool. Um, and I didn't really get into studio stuff. He passed away in 2001, kind of unexpectedly. And I inherited a Tech Scorpion console and a bunch of DBX compressors and a bunch of like 58s and 57s from him. Okay. And I was just, I was a touring drummer at that time. Okay. Um, and once I got all that gear, I was like, Hey, we should just learn how to use it, you know? Um, and got a tape machine and then started, you know, recording at home. So it was really, um, 
that's the reason why I got into recording really was because he had passed away and I had gotten all this equipment and mm-hmm. uh, already been playing in bands and stuff. So we were like, all right, let's just figure it out. So yeah, that's how it all happened. So that would have been early 2000s. Did you kind of just yeah. really immerse yourself in the whole production side and just really, is that when you kind of decided that that was what you wanted to do long term? Yeah, I'd still been playing full time in a band. I was in a couple of blues bands and we were always on the road, man. We were doing like 250 to 300 nights a year on the road oh, wow. um, in my early 20s and had this recording equipment at the time. This was before Pro Tools, so things were a bit more difficult to do. Couldn't just pop open the laptop and, and work. So <laughs> um, just started getting into it more and more. And then, you know, you hit a glass ceiling being a sideman in a blues band. You can work every single night, but um, there's definitely a point where you've gone about as far as you could go. And there's just like a, a series of mishaps just being on the road with guys, you know, using drugs and, you know, a couple people, well, yeah, two people ended up dying that I was close to in bands. And oh, Christ. it was just like the writing was on the wall that like my future was in production. And that's more and more where my passion was going towards. So, yeah, yeah, yeah how that happened. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. How have you, um, how have you been kind of keeping busy at the moment? Uh, and what are you, what have you been working on sort of this year that's um, uh, been keeping you busy? Um, well, right when uh, the lockdown happened, I'd gotten a couple albums to mix, um, you know, various singles from different labels that I work with and sure. stuff. But um, as things started to ease up a little bit, um, I got a call from Skrillex and we did about three or four weeks up at Shangri-La, which is Rick Rubin's studio. Yeah, in Malibu. Nice. And that was a really special moment in time because we had the studio locked out 24 seven. Um, and literally anybody and everybody would just show up everyone from the beastie boys to the beach boys <laughs> and anyone you can imagine, Corey Henry, Thundercat, mm-hmm. Corbin, Nav, Sway Lee. Um, and we just had all the instruments mic'd up, ready to go vintage Neve console there. And, literally whoever walked in the door just came up and picked up an instrument and started playing and we would record for hours and hours and then grab like the best sections and start to loop it up and make arrangements and overdub on top of that. Um, so it's yet to be seen what albums are coming out of that project, but I mean, Mm. we were probably working on three or four different albums during those couple of weeks, which was Mm. absolutely insane. Um, and Skrillex Sunny is a, is a great guy, fantastic producer and musician. So, it was really cool to be locked in with him uh, for that amount of time. Yeah. Awesome. And, yeah. And then I went straight from that into uh, the new Justin Timberlake album. So I've been working on that uh, for the last couple of weeks. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you mentioned Phil Tan earlier He's a kind of long time mentor of yours. Yeah. Um, how did you first get involved? Uh, or how did you first meet Phil? Should I say? And, um, how kind of uh, fruitful has your has your partnership been in music? Yeah, so you know that's one of those stories where it's like everyone always has those questions of like how do you get into the music business? You know what what do you do? How do you get that opportunity? Yeah, yeah. And I unfortunately tell people a lot of times it's just kind of like luck and timing, and of course you have to be prepared for the situation, but you know also like sometimes that lightning just kind of needs to strike at the right time. And in this scenario, um, 
I was in Atlanta already. Um, I was already a pretty established engineer. I was running a studio there and stuff. And uh, my wife was doing set design for television commercials. Okay. Her partner was Phil's wife. And uh, I think she'd come home one day and I'm like, yeah, this, you know, my, my partner at work, uh, he's a music guy, he's a mixer, he's super famous and, you know, done blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, so it didn't just happen that easily. Um, you know, like it took a I I basically went over and I met Phil a couple times and had lunch with him. And he was super nice and gracious to take his time and like have lunch with me and stuff. Um, and I wanted the job as his assistant really badly, but, you know, of course it's a coveted position it was always occupied by somebody. And I just stayed in touch with them and it took a couple of years, honestly, I would keep in touch with them all the time and build my relationship with him and uh, just kind of check in with him and stuff. And eventually after a couple of years of nurturing that relationship, he called one day um, to give me to engineer a artist he was producing. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there for sure. And I think we did a weekend together. And then after that, he was like, hey, uh, I think my, my assistant's going to leave. You know, the job's yours if you want it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's how that happened. It was, it was a lot of persistence on my part, not being pushy, but also being like, hey, this is something I want. This is something I'm passionate about. I'm going to be here for when the opportunity arises. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Phil obviously saw that as well um, and kind of presented yeah. that opportunity, which is awesome, yeah. Um, yeah, I- we remain friends ever since. He's he's a fantastic guy, um, lovely guy to work for. Him and his wife, so they're and they remain close friends of ours. Great stuff, great stuff. Now you earned your first uh, Grammy nomination with Phil, actually yeah. for um, Teenage Dream, Katy Perry's track, uh, and you know your contributions in engineering uh, can be found on fifteen Grammy nominated songs or albums, five of which have actually won a Grammy, which is just incredible, man um some some awesome accolades there uh what was kind of i mean might be a bit of a loaded question but what was your kind of initial reaction to receiving that nomination uh, alongside phil um i don't know because like i didn't really know much about the process then that was kind of an interesting time because i was at a yeah, I think I had just gotten the nomination. I went to a Grammy party and, and you know, like all these things kind of snowball. It's like, it's so hard to get your foot in the door. And then once you do like opportunities start to happen, you know, yeah, and yeah. I think I was at a Grammy party for that in Atlanta and I was at the bar getting a drink and this guy behind me was like, Hey, what do you do? And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm an engineer, I worked on blah, blah, blah. And he's like, we should get you on the recording Academy. You should become a board member. <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's how that happens. Okay. <laughs> okay. He, like, gave me a card. It was like, call me next weekend. I could call me next weekend. Uh, you know, let's see if we can get you on the board. And, uh, you know, that literally was my introduction to get on the Grammy chapter board in Atlanta. Um, and since then I've served on, uh, that Grammy board in Atlanta and San Francisco. And I've, uh, done a lot of the committees like the R&B nomination review committee, like the national advocacy committees and stuff like that. So I've been pretty involved with the Grammys ever since then, but um, okay. yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind, even going to the party in LA and walking on the red carpet and mm. walking, my wife walking by Beyonce, just being like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a pretty humbling experience. And uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a special night for music. Hopefully the Grammys can, kind of right their ship over there and uh and get their act together 
So, yeah, yeah. Because it's an important accolade. It's not the end-all, be-all of music. You know, there are tons of artists that never win an award mm-hmm. and never get recognized on that level. So it's it's by no means the barometer if you're good or not. Um, mm-hmm. But it is very cool to get recognized for anything in this business when we're kind of used to getting told no a lot. Yeah, yeah. For sure, man. I mean, that must have been around 10 years ago now, I think, yeah, with that I record. Yeah. 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 Um, we've I, gone since then just for fun no nominations and stuff but it's cool to go and see some of our friends win awards and stuff so yeah absolutely yeah um i most listeners have probably heard it already but uh that track for which you received uh grammy nomination teenage dream oh it was the album obviously but i just want to play a bit of the uh of the track now for listeners if that's okay and i'll uh, be back to you in a sec you like to work with Katy Perry did you get much time sort of face-to-face time in the studio working on the record no actually strangely enough none at all with that one it was all it was all remotely so we were mixing all the tracks that Stargate had produced okay Um, yeah so we didn't actually meet her at all occasionally you know the artists would come by and do some stuff um with Phil and but on the mix side of things yeah it was all kind of done remotely um yeah yeah so but we are like intensely involved with the producers and the a and r's and the label of course at that at that point yeah sure sure uh now i want to go um a little bit more technical now if that's okay because i know um you're kind of quite an avid user of uh of waves plugins um how long have you been using waves since kind of since the beginning yeah actually since the very very beginning um i remember when my I was mixing an album on ADAT. I had four ADATs because they're eight tracks a piece and it was impossible to keep four of them running at the same time. And I was like halfway through the album and I was like, I was so frustrated. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to buy a Mac and Pro Tools. <laughs> <laughs> I had never used either before and ended up buying a new cheese grater. I think the cheese grater had just come out. Yeah. And Pro Tools and a gold bundle. Um, you know, didn't know anything about anything, but that was actually my very first set of plugins I had. Amazing, yeah. With me ever since the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, you must uh, you must know your stuff, man, obviously. Um, I'm just curious to know kind of about your typical processing chain um, and just wanted to ask you, is there any kind of, um, what have been like your recent go-tos when it comes to plugins? Is there anything that you... Um, particularly just go back to every time 
Yeah, I end up using Arvox just yeah. a whole lot because um, it just kind of does the thing where it pushes the vocal right up in your face. Um, so I've actually kind of like, I've always been an Arvox user. It's always kind of been around. I've kind of gotten back into our comp actually, strangely enough, like I kind of get bored with stuff because, you know, you're working in Pro Tools for 10 hours a day, every day. So sometimes it's cool to have something new and fun and a, and a new GUI. And when Waves redid the GUIs, I was like, let me go back to our comp again. Cause like I, there is a certain time where I just want a super clean compressor. Yeah. Um, this isn't an ad for our comp necessarily, but it like, it does this <laughs> thing where if you don't want to change the sound at all, you just want to add a little compression. It really does a good job of that. Mm. And they had come out with a new skin and I was like, Oh, this is cool. It's fun again. It's white. And, um, so I'd kind of got back into our comp and stuff and H delay is always there. It's always been around. It always does a thing. I kind of look at plugins like a, like a color on a palette. Yeah. Where I don't really care what it is, but like, I know what each one does really well. And they all have like this certain place for me where if I'm looking for this specific thing, I know exactly where to find it. And a lot of those waves ones are those ones, you know, um, doubler is always there. Meta flanger is always there. Our verb is always there. Mm-hmm. Um, the C4 pop vocal setting is an absolute classic. Like that's on every single background vocal group ever. Um, so there, there are plugins and presets within waves that have just kind of become iconic and would be, uh, really difficult to live without at this point in the game. Yeah. I was going to say it's probably, a uh, um, bit of a game changer for you um, like you say you being the artist and the plugins being the the paint on the palette so to speak um, you know is there anything uh, I was just going to st- you know stuff you've been working on recently for example you know you mentioned um, Justin Timberlake's uh, yeah. new album is is any of those that you mentioned Arvox or Doubler are, are they on there are they things that you've been using recently and Give us kind of some examples of, of how you might how you might use them. Yeah, doubler is always there. Um, Justin's got a lot of doubling effects, even starting on his last album, Man of the Woods. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of doubler on him, and that's um, kind of based off the Pensado preset with the direct signal box taken out, that one that adds the direct back in the center. So just that big left and right double. That's, that's on a lot of vocals um, for his stuff. And all of the useful mechanical stuff is always there. REQ, just doing simple cuts and boosts and filters and mm-hmm. the CLA effects can pop up every now and then. I've actually kind of gotten back into the JJP stuff. Okay. I'll do that. I'll like get bored of something and then all of a sudden come back and be like, wow, I forgot how awesome like the JJP is on the synth group and the strings group and stuff like that. And, uh, I mixed some stuff for MXM for the Max Martin guys over there. Okay. And, and uh, apparently I'm one of the few guys besides Serban that mixes anything for them. And they were giving me the rundown of like what they have on the bus. And they're like, oh, it's uh, he's always got a OTT and always has the Maserati groups. And I was like, oh, wow. And went back and started using Maserati groups again on like my pre-master fader, um, which has been super awesome so i'm kind of like back into that one again so they may come and go but uh lately a lot of wave stuff has been coming back so yeah yeah some of the emulations like the abbey road stuff uh is pr- pretty cool as well i don't know if you've been- yeah the abbey road stuff's great and i actually 
um, I built a pretty cool like 808 signal processing chain for Studio Rack, oh, nice. which is like pretty complicated effects chains just for processing 808s that you can just use your macro knobs and you know have a lot of different processes happening at once. So uh, there's some Abbey Road uh, distortion or saturation in there. So yeah, it's just awesome. Cool, cool. Um, I'm reading here actually. You mentioned the the 808 mixing toolkit. Um, Submarine is that one that's yeah. quite a bit of a go-to for you as well? Yeah, submarines in there for sure. Yeah, sometimes you just need that extra low uh, subharmonic that that isn't in the track at all, and that one does a great job at that. And smack attack for the top end, and you're in business. Yeah, yeah. Is it? You know, you mentioned that um, someone got you onto a, a kind of a plugin recently. Is that something you find happens quite a lot? You know, you talk to um, you know, your fellow producers in the industry and someone mentions something, you go, oh, never thought of putting that on that record before or, and, and, and you start using something and, and, you know, do you get quite experimental in that sense? I do. Yeah. I'm pretty obsessive about plugins. I love to collect them and, and love to use them and, and learn them and stuff like that. Um, so I'm constantly watching online and, you know, looking at the forums to see when new stuff comes out and then, YouTube is incredible, man. It's amazing to be able to go to a website and just see some of the most brilliant people out there showing you everything that they do. Um, it's an incredible resource. So yeah, yeah. I pick up little tricks from everyone along the way, and then I make my own, and I pass those out too, and the circle keeps going. Yeah, nice. Is that something you've been doing uh, recently or for, for a while? You know, um, YouTube videos of like talking through your your signal chain talking through your kind of creative workflow um like kind of workshop type things or, or have you done any like live streaming things this year obviously people have been kind of exploring those avenues in lockdown doing kind of live right. streams and stuff yeah um you know i've done a couple interviews for like waves and stuff talking about some of their product line but um and i spoke at their nam booth this year and did a demonstration but okay i haven't I haven't gone into the YouTube video content or Twitch stream or anything like that. Um, you know, fortunately I've been too busy to do that and <laughs> to do it to the extent that I'd like to do it to takes a bit of editing and multicam. Cause like the guys are doing a really good job of it right now. Um, and then I'd have to go through and edit my own text and that would just be a nightmare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I watch like Dan Worrell. I don't know if you've ever seen him. He does the fat filter ones and okay. He's so good. Um, he's the best like tutorial guy out there. And I'm just like, oh man, it would, it would take me ages to be able to get on that level just to speak that yeah. cohesive about anything. So I, I haven't done it myself, but um, I enjoy watching them. Yeah. You can just be the consumer of the plugins themselves. and uh, Yeah. Plus, I don't know if like people need me to do that stuff. There's <laughs> there's so much information out there at this point. Like, Yeah, I mean, you're right, but I'm sure there's, um, you know, a different a different spin that a different perspective that you could offer for for a way that yeah. you use a certain tool um that people is. you know um, you know it's all personal preference isn't it i guess you know plugins do different jobs but the way in which you use them is uh is a variable i guess yeah i just opened up an album to mix today and just started on the first song and i'm kind of like whoa it's like you see how some people use plugins and stuff and it's kind of funny it's like oh, okay that's that's how you're doing that all right <laughs> <laughs> Or you'll see uh, 
you'll be like, uh, oh, this person definitely watched Mixed with the Masters because now they're doing like everything yeah. Jason Joshua does, whether the track wanted it or not. Like, yeah, you're getting you're getting six NLS channels on it. So. <laughs> um, what else have you been using, Damien, recently? Um, in terms of we've gone over some of your go tos, um, but again, on on some of the recent projects you've been working on, um, what have you? What have you been um, putting on those records in terms of uh, in terms of plugins? Um, let's see. Let me actually flip over here because you've mentioned quite a few already, of yeah, course. But um, you know, I'm a big Ozone Nine user. Okay, yeah, I love that one. Standard Clip is a great one. I've been really into these little like twenty-five, thirty-dollar plugins that the guy makes one plugin, but it's just super cool, you know. Um, and standard clip is an amazing, uh, cheap clipper for that. Okay. Uh, all the fab filter stuff. I love, obviously all the wave stuff. I love, um, D 16 is a fabulous little company. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. Those guys are super cool. Um, Hokey sound soothe and spiff are amazing. Yeah. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, the Plugin Alliance stuff is amazing. There's there's so much great stuff out right now. Valhalla mm. Reverb, can't live without that and their delay. Um, so, yeah, between all that stuff, man. Uh, there's a couple of cool companies I should shout out because you may not know about them. Um, Abherent DSP. Mm-hmm. They make something called Shapeshifter and Sketch Cassette, um, which are both amazing. And Baby Audio. Those guys are fantastic guys, very supportive. Comeback Kid, Parallel Aggressor, Super VHS, all those. So, yeah, go out and try some of that stuff if you haven't yet. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and what else have you got in the pipeline at the moment, Damien? You, again, you've mentioned um, JT's album. Yeah. Um, what other kind of collaborations have you got in the in the pipeline? Is there anything... Uh, Anything well, there? they seem to happen kind of last minute. So um, right now we're still like in the album cycle for JT okay. and I have a couple albums um, of other label stuff to mix as that comes in. So I keep working through that and I've actually um, gotten to work on a lot of my solo stuff, which is cool. Um, okay. My, my partner and I have been making music together since high school um, and I've spent my whole life making other people's records. So it's actually really cool to be able to, go out and do our thing. We're called Lewis and Ford. Okay. We'll like go out to Joshua tree and get a house for a week and write and record out there and, uh, catch a vibe. So nice. nice. Yeah. Got a bunch of that stuff coming out soon. And you've had a little bit more time to kind of focus on that stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely afforded us a little time to do that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Uh, before I, um, let you go, um, in terms of the, Going back to the Waves plugins again, um, yeah. what's kind of your? We've gone we've gone through like your go tos and what you what you tend to go back to. What's kind of like your your favorite plugin um, in kind of like a general sense? Like obviously it might be a distressor, compressor, EQ. Um, I don't yeah. know, but what, and and how would you sort of apply that um, to maybe a project you've worked on recently or just in a general sense? Like my favorite single plugin from Waves? Yeah. Um, hmm. Is that a ridiculous question or? Yeah, no, it's it's hard because like their product line is so huge. Yeah, um, yeah. But I can tell you a couple that I like always, always use, and that's uh, Shep's Omni Channel. 
Mm. I think I think Andrew did a fantastic job with that. He's an amazing engineer and educator, and you can tell like they spent some serious time on that, just making sure like it that thing truly is the Swiss Army knife of channel strips. Like if you just have one thing, um, there's nothing that that can't do. Mm. And uh, parallel particles also is a sleeper. I feel like that came out a while ago. And you don't see people using it that often, but man, that thing is awesome. So that Andrew really knows his stuff. Um, the new CLA um, SSL, the mix rack SSL, yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Um, that just sounds great. Like just, I mean, that sounds as much like an SSL as any SSL I've ever used. Mm. Um, I love that thing. Just pushing up the gain on that a little bit, that actual mic gain. Um, just so that it starts to light up red. That thing is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned before, um, uh, Metaflanger is always there, which actually segues good to Kaleidoscope, their new um, modulation effect, which is awesome because you get all of the great flanging from Metaflanger plus the tremolo and the chorus um, all built into one. So I've actually been using that thing a ton. Um, I built a couple presets for that that are in the plugin. If you download it, um, there's one I made for pads called uh, Super Pads. I think I named it, and <laughs> I don't even remember what I did, but it's awesome. Every time I put it on a synth, I'm just like, "Yes, that's it." <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, I've been loving that thing. Um, S1 is always there. That's a standby for me because I'm always doing things to the image and uh, all the R series stuff and. One knob, of course, one knob filter. Man, I use that on tons of things. Cool. NS1, NS1 saves the day. We could talk about waves all day. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talk about plugins all day. I mean, you really know your stuff, man. I can I can tell, obviously. And um, uh, I, I like that you're so passionate about it. I mean, it's it obviously, yeah. um, it, it must help when, when you're in the studio, kind of immersing yourself, you know, in a session and just like getting really stuck in just knowing everything inside out. Um, just must yeah, just make, especially when a producer is like, they'll say something abstract. Like I want this word to sound like a dream. Yeah. And yeah. I have to know how to interpret that, not only how to interpret that, but how to make that happen. Like within a couple of seconds. Does That's that, the tricky yeah, for, sh- for sure. Does that, does that happen a lot? Like someone comes in that you're collaborating with and they might just be like, yeah, say something really kind of, abstract like a concept and you have to kind of interpret that does that happen often it happens super often and i work with a lot of producers that you know i'll I'll be mixing the track on the fly with them and getting the mix sounding good so they can actually hear the composition and then they know whether they need to add anything or take anything away while we're working on the record you know so Mm. a lot of sound design on the fly or they'll just give me something be like make it cool yeah yeah (laughs) like soft you know, so yeah, that can be overwhelming if you were to look at your plugin list and be like, oh my God, I have 20 reverb plugins. Like, so to know what you have and how to get something out of it is super important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Functionality and, and how to create sounds on the fly is really important uh, tool for an engineer nowadays. Yeah, and uh, sounds like you've got it down to a T, man. Um, it's been uh damien it's been it's been so nice catching up with you um and kind of just listening to um kind of like your kind of your musical journey i guess uh which has been it's been really cool and i appreciate you 
joining us on the show. Been my pleasure. Uh, it's been uh, yeah, it's been it's been really great chatting to you. And um, like I say, I appreciate your time. Um, best of luck with everything that you've got going on at the moment. Um, with the JT album and uh, um, may your research into the world of plugins continue and maybe we'll see you on YouTube uh, one day soon Uh, one day I need an editor if you're a good editor out there uh, grab me okay All right. nice one Damien Um, yeah you enjoy the rest of your day and uh, take care we'll catch up soon thanks man cheers man Bye. bye Headliner Radio supporting the creative community